0: Welcome to the Southcrest Church Podcast. We are one church meeting in two locations in South Atlanta. You can find more sermons just like this one on our website. Visit us at southcrest.church. Today's sermon comes from our Roots series, where we explore the parable of the soil and learn what it means to have healthy Christ-like soil in our lives. Now let's hear a word from God today. Well, good morning, everybody. Y'all doing well? Yeah ready to do this? Okay, so we are in week three of our brand new series, Roots. And as you can see, we're gonna have some fun today. We got some cliff diving. I almost titled this message Cliff Diving Fruit Ninjas, but you'll just have to wait and see what that's all about. We're gonna get into that, okay? So here we go. So let me give you a little recap about where we've been, all right? This is where we've been in the past couple of weeks in this series. This whole series is about how we can find true spiritual progress in our lives. The first week we talked about how important it is for us to have ears to hear and hearts that are willing to understand. So let's go backwards just and get started in the right place right now this morning. Let me hear you say, Jake, I'm ready to listen. Can you say that with me? Jake, I'm ready to listen. There we go. Perfect. That's week one. We got there and now we're ready to move on. Okay. We also talked about, Matt did a great job of talking about how important it is for us to make truth personal and then how we need to break up our hard hearts and be willing to say, Lord, I want to come before you with an open heart that's ready to receive. And so we're in, this, in the parable of these soils, Matthew 13, and we're talking about the condition of our hearts. And that's really what we're going to jump back into today. So, Back to our cliff diving, all right? So a couple weeks ago, I was thinking about this. Lord, what are we gonna talk about? And I remembered back a few years when I went out to Lake Martin. How many of you have been to Lake Martin in Alabama? It's a pretty nice lake, really nice lake. Maybe some of you are going there, even here recently. So they've got this spot, right? You go jet skiing, you go wakeboarding, and then they've got this spot that everybody goes and they park their boats right there out in the middle of the water, right? And it's like a parking lot almost. And it's right in front of a place called Chimney Rock. And so at Chimney Rock, there's a couple places where you can actually do some cliff diving. It's a lot of fun. They got a 30 foot spot and they got a 60 foot spot. And uh, it actually isn't called Chimney Rock, where you jump from. There's a little bit of, bit of trivia for those of you who know the lake well. But uh, you can climb up these rock faces, and you can just jump off and go for it. So me and my, some of my buddies, we were out there, and we were doing some, some jet skiing and some weightboarding and stuff like that. And then we went there to the spot, and we decided we were going to go for it, okay? So we did the 30-foot spot, pretty, uh, pretty easy, no big deal. We jumped off. You know, it, was, it wasn't too bad, and we had a lot of fun. So we're like, all right, this is... It's time to go to the next level here, okay? So we climb the rock face, and you kind of have to actually do a little bit of climbing, rock climbing to get there. It's kind of an extreme kind of sports thing. And then you get up there on top, and you're looking down, and you're, you know, you're six stories up, right? And so you're looking over, and we were up there, maybe maybe six guys, and we decided, you know what? We're just gonna... So we just kind of suspended all like, life-saving thoughts any way that we might want to preserve our own. We're just like, all right, I'm gonna put that aside. And we all just took off and we jumped off the cliff at the same. So I think we actually have a picture of what that looks like. This is you, gives you an image of kind of what it actually is like. This is not me, by the way. This is another guy. But that's Chimney Rock, and he's about to jump off right now. There you go. So, yeah, really quick. It happens just like that. So we did it. We jumped off. We were okay. We were fine. You know, nobody got hurt. And so then we all were getting back into the boat, and we looked back up, and there's, like, our last friend who's just kind of left. They're, they're at the top by himself, you know. And so uh, so he got left behind. And and then we're, we're like, dude, what are you doing? You know, come on now, jump. And he's just like, okay, here I go. And then he he gets to the edge and then he, he just stops and freezes. And then he backs up and he's like, uh, okay, I'm not ready yet. And so, okay. And so cool, man. Well, whenever, man, go for it. We like, I'll cheer him on. You know, we're like pumping him up. He's like, okay, okay, okay. And then he well, I'm not ready yet, and he kind of steps back, and so this, I could go through this five or six times, because, and then eventually, we were all kind of like, bro, are you ever going to jump? I mean, really, like, we're done here, so 20 minutes of this, I mean, the dude's having the roughest time, I I can tell him living in this conflicted life, you know, he doesn't know how to go, he can't go back, and he is stuck right there at the top in this moment of indecision, Maybe the smartest one of all of us, right? I mean, because I did hear a couple, like, like maybe weeks later, there was a kid who like lost all feeling in his legs from doing the same things. I don't know. We won't go there. We, we just won't go there. But yeah, so he's stuck there at the top and doesn't know what to do. So finally, eventually, 20 minutes later, he, he bucks up the nerve and he just goes for it. And he jumps and he, he breaks the surface. He's screaming, yeah, woo! And no one's cheering with him at this point, Right? We're like, "Dude, come just get in the boat. It's time to go home. I'm hungry for lunch." So, but here's the deal, man. It's you know, for a for a life-threatening decision, maybe it's best for a little deliberation and to think it through. But there are some things in life that we just don't need to be divided on, right? And this happens in our Christian life. You know, we 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 meet Jesus, we find God, and this is for those of us who've already found Jesus Christ and we're going down the road in our life and then like something happens and, and this old guy shows up. He's called the old man in the Bible, but you know, it's called sin. And basically when we see that, we we're living our lives and we're like, whoa, wait a minute, something happens. And maybe especially when we first start walking with Jesus, we're even surprised by this. It's like, whoa, wh- wait, wait, what just, who was that guy last night who went to that party? You know, who, who was that girl who started freaking out on her kids? Like, I don't reckon, I don't even know that lady. And it's like we're surprised by the fact that we still have sin in our lives. And you know what? It divides us. Because sometimes we live in between these two worlds. Like, I'm, I'm the churchgoer, I'm the good husband, I'm the good mom, I'm the... And then, the, like, there's these wild nights or whatever. Or something, where we just go crazy. And it's like we're kind of stuck in between these two worlds. Like, sometimes I want to be like God, I want to honor Him, and then these other times, I don't even recognize myself. And so we're stuck. We're living this divided life. We're caught between two worlds, right? But Christians, we have a hard time admitting that we still have sin, right? I mean, think about when we do the testimony thing. Man, we love that Christian testimony when that guy goes up, man, praise God, I gave my life to Jesus. I used to be a drug dealer. I used to kill people. I used to smoke marijuana. And now, man, I have found Jesus. Praise God. But what about that guy who shows up on testimony morning who's like, yeah, man, I gave my life to Jesus, and I did all those things, and I'm still smoking weed. Come on, right? It's a little more awkward at that point. I can feel it right now in the room. We want to tell that guy, hey, bro, let me have a seat. let have a seat right over here, man. You're done, right? Step down off the stage. But what do we do as Christians when we face the reality of sin? that's still present in our lives, right? And let's just be honest. The old man, the old woman, whatever you wanna call it, is still there, still very real and very present in our lives. What do we do with that? What do we do when we are stuck between these two worlds? This life where we know we wanna follow God, we can't go back, but there's still this sin nature at work Within us. How do we deal with that? Well, we're going to talk about that, and sometimes it shows up in the various roles of our life, these things that we do, right? Like, I'm going to be this awesome mom, or I'm going to be this incredible dad, or I'm going to be the best student, I'm going to be the best church pew sitter out there, I am going to be the best switch leader. I am going to be the best businessman, the best biker, the best runner. You guys don't even know about my physique, okay? I'm the best. I'm going to post it on Facebook, right? I am going to be the best. And all these things are good things. All these things are incredible things. As a matter of fact, God wants us to reveal the kingdom through all those different areas of our life. But you see, what happens is that even these very good things, when we start to find our value and our life, from any one of these things instead of Jesus Christ, we start living divided. You hear me? We start living divided. Not that any of these things are bad in and of themselves. It's just when we try and find our life, our source of existence from any one of these areas apart from Christ, we start to live divided. So, What we need is not better time management, right? It's not that I need to do more of this or less of this. It's not that I need to cut all these things out of my life. It's not that I need to stop being a mom or stop being a runner or stop any of those things. It's that I have got to deal with my own divided heart. That's what we're going to be talking about this morning. So let's pray and we'll get into it. Father, we love you. We ask you, Lord, to be with us. To lead us by your truth, Lord, help us to have ears to hear, God. Help us to understand and to know what you're calling us to do and how to deal with our own divided heart, we pray in Jesus' name. My mic working all right? I feel like it's kind of going in and out. Y'all good? Okay, so Matthew chapter 13. We're in uh, verse 1, and this is where we've been for the past couple of weeks. I'm going to read through this parable again. It's a great parable. I mean, this is like one of the, probably one of the most prominent parables that Jesus taught from. Maybe you've heard it before, but it's really, really, really good. And we're going to be in uh, chapter 13, verse 1. You can read along if you like on the screens. It says in, that, um, in Matthew chapter 13, verse 1, That same day, Jesus went out of the house and sat by the lake. <laughs> There's a lake again. Such large crowds gathered around him that he got into a boat and sat in it. While all the people stood on the shore... And then he told them many things in parables, saying, A farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seeds, some fell along the path, and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow, but when the sun came up, the plants were scorched and they withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up and choked the plants. Still, other seeds fell on good soil where it produced a crop, a hundred, sixty, or thirty times what was sown. Whoever has ears, let them hear. And then we're going to jump on down to verse 22, which explains the section of the parable that we're going to be in today. And it says in verse 22, the seed falling among the thorns refers to someone who hears the word, but the worries of this life and the deceitfulness of wealth choke the word, making it unfruitful. So, By way of quick recap, the first two soils that we've been talking about, the ones that we talked about last week and the week before, here's the thing about them. They just didn't know how to hear, right? They just didn't understand, so they didn't really get it. But the soil that we're talking about today, this is the soil that has already taken root. The plant has already taken root in the soil, and it started to grow, and that plant is our life in Christ And our heart, the importance of our heart and the soil of our heart is what we're going to be talking about today. And so what do you see about this plant? Well, this plant, this soil is good church going folks, right? These are the people, they're in the pews every single week, they're going to church. It's good Christian folks. This is you, this is me, this is all of us. We've seen Jesus and how amazing and how wonderful he is. We've tasted of the heavenly blessing. We can't go back. Right? We're here, we're in Christ, we know his glorious riches, we can't go back to that previous life. And yet, there's something about the way that we're living that keeps us from going forward. And we're stuck. We're stuck in the middle. Can't go back, can't go forward, we are divided. Why? Because these people, even though they know Jesus, they're also controlled by the things of the world. What does it say about this soil? The second soil was full of plants that were actually controlled by the things of this world. In this group, these people's lives are committed to Christ, but Christ shares control with other things. And so there's this division between sharing control with Christ and other things of this life. There's a division. They worship God, they worship Jesus Christ, and they worship other things. And that's what we see here, right? As a result, what happens is, their Christian life is choked. It uses that word, the scriptures use that word to the idea of strangling the life out of the plant. They don't see themselves changing. These people don't see healing going on. They don't see the real power of God showing up in their lives and coursing through their lives. This passage really is a warning it's a warning for all of us who are in Christ to say, be careful, be careful, because when you have your heart and life grow up in the soil of God, that there, are, there can be thorns that grow up around us, and they can divide us, and they can divide our hearts. So what do the thorns do? Well, the thorns, it talks about, right? They are the worries of this world and the deceitfulness of wealth. So what do thorns do? Thorns grow up, right? they rob nutrients from the soil, but they also block out the sun and they choke the life of the plant. And so when it talks about the worries of this life and the deceitfulness of wealth, what it's talking about is the things of this world that wanna take precedence in our life before Jesus Christ. The thorns are any earthly pursuit that we put before or even right beside Jesus. That's what the thorns are. Any earthly pursuit that we put before or even beside Jesus Christ. And so here's the question that I wanna ask you this morning. Am I living my life to Christ alone or am I dividing my life between Christ and other things? Am I giving my life to Christ alone or am I dividing my life between Christ and other things? worries of life. That's what the passage references, that phrase, worries of life. So how can you tell if you're living a life divided? Well, think about these things that we talked about earlier. Think about your job. Think about the success that you accomplish in your job, right? Or maybe the lack of success. Think about when things start to go poorly, in these different areas of your life, you don't get to be the runner that you want to be. You don't get to have the body that you want to have. You don't get to be the employee that you want to be. You don't—you're not being the businessman that you want to be. Okay. Well, so when things start to get tough, and the worries of this life begin to show up, are you depressed? Does it wreck you? Are you overly angry? Are you stressed? Are you worried? That's what the passage talks about. So those things that worry us, that consistently plague our minds, if that's true of us, then we need to be asking the question, what is it I am not getting from this thing? What am I expecting this thing to give me that it's not giving me? Why am I so worried? Right, because that's what the thorns do. They rob the nutrients from the soil. So our life is designed to be in Christ. And so when we're not getting something from some other thing, then that might be telling us that we have actually placed that thing above Christ in our lives. And that's the danger. That's the danger of the thorns, is it wants to rob the life that, we're, that Christ is only designed to receive from us in our life. So that's if you're failing. But what about if things are going well in your life? What about if, if your business is booming? What about if you're making lots of money? What about if you're like winning and your kids' sports are like, they're going all the way to division one or, you know, they're going to the championship or what about if you're succeeding? Well, you need to ask yourself the question, do you find yourself working harder and harder and stretching more and more, but enjoying it less, right? I mean, is, is the travel schedule that your kids, is it just wearing you out? Is the success that you're seeing at work, is it continually satisfying and enjoying? Or are you, dis- are you realizing that you're actually enjoying it less and less and less? And the more you work, the more you feel like it doesn't have life or joy anymore. It's an important question for all of us to ask because what we're doing is we're examining the soil of our hearts. We're saying, are there thorns growing up around me? Am I living in this divided life? What makes you feel most significant in your life? What is it that gives you the significance of your life? You should say something like this, the desires that I have for this achievement, as satisfying as it is, as good as it it is, isn't it possible that what I'm really trying to do is get my source of life from this thing rather than Christ? Is it possible That I'm trying to get my source of life, of joy, of fulfillment from this thing, rather than from Christ. Isn't this success actually my effort to do for myself what only Jesus Christ can do for me? And see, that's what happens when we live the divided life, is we begin to say, Jesus is awesome. Jesus is wonderful. And yet, I, I like living in the driver's seat, and so I am going to get my, my needs for significance and value and salvation and even the, the, the justification of my life from something else. Because you know what? I can do that pretty good. I'm going to work at that thing. That's where I'm going to put my energy. That's where I'm going to put my time and my trust is going to be in that to save me rather than in Jesus Christ. I mean, think about how a plant in soil works when thorns come around it, right? We talked about that nutrients. There, the thorns begin to rob the plant of the joy of life. They suck the life out of the plant, they strain the soil, they choke the plant, they steal the vitality of the plant. And the source of life that's only designed to come from Christ begins to get divided amongst these other things. So let's look at an example of of this in the Scriptures, okay? So Paul was a guy who understood what it meant to have achievements, okay? And it's probably a little bit difficult for us to understand because Paul and the way that he achieved things and what he achieved aren't readily uh, applicable to us in our life today. But we're going to take a look at this. Let's flip over to Philippians chapter 3. You've got your Bibles, but I'm going to have it on the screen too. So, Philippians chapter 3, in verse uh, chapter 3, verse 4. It says, If someone else thinks they have reasons to put confidence in the flesh, I have more. Circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews in regard to the law, a Pharisee. As for zeal, persecuting the church, as for righteousness based on the law, faultless. Okay, so that's basically Paul's list of accomplishments. And again, a little bit difficult for us to understand because when you think about, hey, dude killed Christians and he's using that as a bragging right, I'm not sure I connect, Jake, with that. Right? But here's what he's saying. I mean, he's saying, I made it to the top of my company. I was the best runner out there. I won the Nobel Peace Prize of the day. I was on, the, I won a Grammy. I was on the top of the world. I was the best of the best. I was teaching at Harvard. I was, the, he was amazing. Everybody wanted to be Paul. That's what he's saying. This list, my list of accomplishments, it supersedes anything probably most people could even hope to achieve in their life. What does he say in the next verse? He says, but, it's a big but. Whatever were gains to me, I now consider loss. on the basis of faith. So Paul is saying, look at my pedigree. Look at my family background. Look at my career accomplishments. Look at my intellectual accomplishments, but I count them all as loss. What he's saying is these things used to be my righteousness, right? We use that term justification. This is my reason for living. This is what justifies me to be able to be on the earth. Like, why am I here? Why do I exist? It's because I do these things. I provide these things for the world. These were my honor. These were my glory. These were my dignity. These were me. This is the way that I show the world who I am. But he says, whatever gains I had, I now consider loss next to the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord has something besides Jesus Christ taken over as the surpassing worth of your life? So, I wanna do something this morning. You guys are getting nervous, aren't you? So, the divided life, what does it do? It keeps us from being fruitful, right? Keeps us from being fruitful. Don't smile too much. Seriously, though, think about it. We are designed to live whole. All these things are good things in our life. They're all good things. But when we get our source of life from anything else but Jesus Christ, you know what it does? It divides us. So, this is me finding my life in my physical appearance. This is me finding my life in my job. This is me finding my life in my accomplishments. This is me finding my life in anything else but Jesus Christ. And you know what? It's a freaking mess, right? Because what? We were designed to live like this. We were designed, amen, that's right, come on. We were designed to be whole in Jesus Christ. You know what, the Old Testament has a word for this. It's called an idol. It's called idolatry. And that's what we're talking about this morning. It's terrifying to think that many of us have still got idolatry in our lives. That's what we need to allow to hit home today, that we still have idolatry in our lives. But you know what? Getting rid of idols is actually really easy. You know what it takes? It takes worshiping Jesus. Not just, Jesus, thanks for setting me on the right path, Hey, Jesus, thanks for winding me up and then spinning me out so that I can go be successful on my own. It's just not just to say, Jesus, thank you so much for giving me this life. I'm going to soldier on. Jesus didn't want to stop and then let us go off on our on, by ourselves on our own. He wants to walk every single day with us, arm in arm. That's what he wants to do. He just wants to be with us. And so to deal with this, to live this life, we have to worship Jesus first. Listen to this proverb. Proverbs 2. My son, if you accept my words and store up my commands within you, turning your ear to wisdom and applying your heart to understanding, if you call out for insight and cry aloud for understanding, and if you look for it as for silver and search for it as for hidden treasure, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. For the Lord gives wisdom from his mouth come knowledge and understanding. He holds success in store for the upright. He is a shield to those whose walk is blameless. He guards the course of the just and protects the way of his faithful ones. Then you will understand what is right and just and fair in every good path. For wisdom will enter your heart. Knowledge will be pleasant to your soul. Discretion will protect you and understanding will guide you. These are the byproducts of what it means To live in Christ. Knowledge, understanding, success, safety, security. I want to invite us to pray this morning. Let's have everybody bow our heads. Let's go to the Lord. Thanks for listening to the South Crest Church Podcast. Visit our website to learn more about who we are. Head over to SouthCrest.church. There you can also donate to our ministry. This allows us to bring life-changing content to the web every week. Visit southcrest.church forward slash give. We'll see you next time.